We are back. We are back. Friday, September 2nd. And I got my man Jeff Crisco on the horn, ready to go. We're going to be talking NFC West. You see the Niner jersey had to bust it out today for today's show. Can't wait. He's actually from Sacramento, which is crazy. I'm from Sac. He lives in the same area as me. Never would have thought it, but it'll be awesome to talk about. We also got second year quarterbacks on the agenda today. We're going to be ranking them for fantasy purposes. And it covers some breaking news. A lot going on right now. NFL's here. College football's here. Uh, NBA trades are happening. So stay tuned. You're watching the Justin Henry Show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. My guy, Jeff Crisco is here with me. Jeff, my man, with Football Absurdity. How are you doing today? It's a beautiful Friday, baby. Yeah, it's great. I uh, I had to get up early, drop my wife off at the airport, but, uh, you know, took a, took a little morning nap, and now, now I'm good to go talk some NSC West with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Definitely want to cover this NFC West. And you mentioned, you know, that early Friday morning at Sacramento Airport, bro. It's crazy that we're like yeah. within 15 minutes of each other yeah, out of this are. small ass fantasy football community. We're here about 15 minutes from each other. It's kind of wild to me. Yeah, I had no idea. That's awesome, man. Well, let's get into the, some of this breaking news. Obviously, there's been a lot going on in football. We talked earlier in the week about all the cuts that were happening. Um, and then there were some signings that happened and didn't happen. And also a major NBA trade yesterday. So this part of the segment is called This Just In. All right, so first on the agenda, obviously one of the major cuts on Tuesday was, I want to say, was cut day, uh, O.J. Howard. Getting cut by the Bills, I thought that was kind of crazy because I, I thought he would catch on there, play the backup role behind Dawson Knox. And then we saw him go to Cincinnati, and it was like an official deal. It happened really quick. And then we saw him not go to Cincinnati, and now he's on the Houston Texans. Jeff, what do you, what do you make out of all this? Well, I think that Houston offers him something that uh, Cincinnati really couldn't, which was, um, hey, you're probably going to get a whole bunch of targets. And um, – <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in Buffalo, you know, we think about, you know, they, they focus on the slot receiver and the tight end and all this stuff. I think they're really going to more towards um, focusing on passing to the running back. You know, they got James Cook. They tried to get yep. J.D. McKissick. I think O.J. Howard just wasn't in their plans. And so he goes, you know, since he's, he's like, hey, I can probably win in Cincy. And then they get there and he's like, hey, am I going to get any targets? Dude, <laughs> dude, you're behind Jamar Chase, T. Higgins uh tyler boyd joe mixon hayden do you think you're getting targets and so he goes to houston where you know he can actually play and you know i think this kills any brevin jordan uh breakout hype that was going on but i think it gives davis mills a, a competent second weapon and i think he can actually kind of start to put together a decent year this year yeah and it was interesting because i when i look at the bills i was like okay there's a little bit of opportunity dawson knox goes down it wasn't anything special and then when he went to cincinnati to me i was like okay well that means he's pretty much flamed out because he's going to be behind hayden hurst like there's not a lot there not a lot of meat on the bones when it comes to that cincinnati offense outside of mixon t higgins jamar chase just like you mentioned but then it, him going to Houston, right, with Farrell Brown there, with Brevin Jordan, new coaching staff, young quarterback. It's like, I know he's not going to have a lot of time to ramp up and really learn this offense for a few weeks, but there's potential there. Like, this offense isn't really tied to anything. We saw Damian Pierce. They, right now, they don't care if you're a veteran. They don't care if you've been on the team for a while. It's all about talent and opportunity. Thought a lot about AJ uh, OJ Howard when he first came in. Thought he was an extreme talent. It looks like he flamed out in Tampa after a few couple good years. He had two decent years to start his career. Not sure how I'm feeling about him. I'm not rushing out to get him in any fantasy leagues. You think he has back end tight end two, like high end tight end three potential, or are you just like staying away overall? I think he has what what we at Football Absurdity we call it the blob. You know, it's pretty much everything from like tight end 10 or, you know, everybody has their own definition. You know, somewhere between tight end 7 and tight end 20 is a blob because yeah. it's like all that really differentiates them is, is touchdowns. Like last year, Dawson Knox is like tight end 6 or something off of having a ton of touchdowns. He has that kind of upside because the passing game is just Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. And Nico Collins, we liked him coming out of college, but he didn't do anything last year. Right. So it is kind of wide open. Damian Pierce isn't really a pass catcher. Like Rex Burkhead is probably the number three there because they were counting on John Mechie, but he got leukemia. 
So they were kind of left scrambling. And I think, you know, I think he could fall into, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you turn around and you go, did you know OJ Howard had 80 targets this year? Like, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's enough to put him in that, you know, 16, 17 discussion. Yeah, that would be, you know what I call it? You call it the blah. I call it the mid, the mid tight ends, the mid players, the ones that can't really break out in the top option. So yep. enough talk about mid OJ Howard. <laughs> he might have his opportunity, but I'm not rushing out to go get him in fantasy and redraft or dynasty. I feel like he's just a guy. Let him show you something first. Um, but somebody who's not mid, changing sports, Donovan Mitchell was traded yesterday from the Jazz to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Laurie Markakinen. Uh Colin Sexton, three first-round picks. It was a major deal for the Cavs, who didn't really have to give up any of their other core pieces. You know, and I look at the Cavs making moves. We're out here in Sacramento, man. I'm not a Kings fan, but the Kings really, they had their opportunity to probably throw something out there and didn't. What did you think about the deal, or what did you think about the Kings not making any moves, man? Talk to me. So the Kings are perpetually in this mo mode where they're just trying to fix the mistake they made six months before. <laughs> They're like, they're like, oh my God, uh, you know, uh, Marvin Bagley is not working out. Let's trade him for, you know, like Dante DiVincenzo and all these, like, this is like mishmash of players. And it's like, they built the entire team out of like the seventh or eighth best guy on a good team. And then they're like, oh, let's just have, uh, you know, they did trade for Sabonis, which is good, but it's like the Sabonis and Fox together. I don't know who's playing any defense on that team, but it's like, it's, they never move forward. And you see these moves where like, you know, I get the alert. I'm like. Come on, man. Like yeah. the cat, <laughs> the Cavs, like they bottomed out. They got the first pick twice, you know, uh, in the last 20 years or three times, even I think they, they, and now they're like actually being run well and, and they just rebuilt on the fly. And it's like, you know, th there's a reason that, that bad franchises stay bad. And, you know, I, I really like this trade for the Cavs because it's like, they, they did the thing that in the NBA you, you need to do, which is, you know, it was super teams. Now it's you want to get five, six, seven deep, and that's it. Like, you don't need yeah. you don't need these, like, end-of-bench guys or these picks, you know. Good Everybody's point. got the Rams uh, ethos of F them picks, you know, <laughs> in, in the NBA. And it's like – and it's just like the Jazz and the Thunder have, like, the entire first round for this, like, three years now. It's out of control. It's insane. <laughs> But it's 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 you know it, it's great for the it's great for the Cavs. I think I saw their their odds to win the title uh, uh, doubled. Yeah, I think it's... I think they were like plus twenty five hundred now they're plus thirteen hundred or something. I, I I didn't see it exactly, but it's 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 wild. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm not sure Donovan Mitchell's like a championship piece, but when you look at that team, they're drastically better than they were just off of that one piece that gives mm -hmm. them an all star caliber player. I'm not sure he's like at that Kevin Durant, LeBron, and Giannis status where he's just this elite player. But to me, he does bring a lot to a team that was already on the rise. Like you mentioned, a quick rebuild after all those first-round picks happen. It's like this team is set to go now. So they're going to be a contender in the East. And then we look at the Kings with Darren Fox and Sabonis. And they're trying to do it the right way. Just not very effective. They need to take – they might need to do the Oklahoma with the OKC Thunder and just have picks for the next 30 years. Or the Utah Jazz who got seven picks Seven picks from trading Rudy Gobert and trading um, and trading uh, Don Donovan Mitchell. Like mm -hmm. they had a big haul when he, when you look at it, it as like Colin Sexton and all these other Taylor Horton Tucker, all these players that went to the Jazz now for just those two. The framework set up pretty well. Yeah, and and I mean that's Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge did that with the Celtics. Yep, he traded everybody and got a thousand picks. And every year they were like, Danny, why don't you trade some of these picks for? for guys who can help you win now. And he's like, nah, don't worry about it. He's like, don't nah. worry about it. We'll get there. <laughs> I mean, that didn't, you know, they, they're very, very good. They, I don't think they've been back. To, have they won a title since they no. have KG? I don't think no. they have. I mean, nope. but they've been, they've rebuilt. They're, they're among yeah. the contenders every year. So it's like, you know, that's, this is Danny Ainge's move. And this is what you got to do. You got to go all in. If you're yeah. if you think you have a shot at the title, go all in like the Cavs didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell. If you know, you're not going to win now, you know, you, Go all in the other way and just get all the picks. And the, Load up on and, assets. And, yeah. And the Jazz said, you know what? We'll just wait till Steph and Clay are too old 
or they retire, and we'll then we'll try to run the West. Yeah, because there's a lot of competition right now in the NBA. And speaking of competition, there was a game on last night. I don't know if you had a chance to catch it. It was one of the first games. College football is back, and we saw the Pitt Panthers taking on West Virginia, and the game went to the end, my man. It went all the way to the end, three minutes left, and we see a pick six for Pitt to win the game. Uh, man, it was crazy. You college football fan at all? Are you, you catching any of these college games? But this is going to be – I'm not a huge college guy, but I always catch – there's always some wild game every week. Yeah, I'll usually I, – I, I, I like – I kind of watch it indirectly because if I see that Twitter is like a buzz for a uh, matchup that's going to come up, I'll throw it on. Right. Um, I, I went to UC Santa Barbara. There's no football school there – or there's no football <laughs> team there. So I don't have that like college football like sort of ethos inside of me. Um, but I try not to watch it cause I do the fantasy stuff. I try not to like get caught up in the narratives. Like we were talking beforehand, like Tua's okay. You talk to a guy who followed him in college is like, Oh my God, Tua's amazing. It's like, he's fine. But I try to like stay away from that sort of thing. Getting attached, man. Well, yeah. we'll talk young guys later. Obviously, uh, we're going to talk second year players, the back end of the show. But right now, let's get into this NFC West uh, and really get dialed in. This segment's called uh, Straight Up. We're talking betting. Straight up presented by Picket, the app where you can track all of your bets. Get $3 or $100 free when you use the code JHEN with a 3 instead of the E on the app. You can track all your bets on the app and even has a little community too. So if you're looking for picks, looking for plays or suggestions or leans, hop on the app, have some fun, and let's get to it, man. And you can track bets like this. We're going to talk win totals for the NFC West, Jeff. And, and obviously, we out here in the Bay. So the Niners, you know what I'm saying? We got to talk Niners at some point. Mm -hmm. But this NFC West is very competitive, at least when I look three teams down. It'll be very competitive. Um, what are your thoughts overall on the NFC West? Do you think that, you know, we're going to see a lot of competition? Do you think there's going to be a pull away? you think there's some learning? Like, what? what's just lay the table, man? All right. So... Uh, you mentioned three teams deep. Let's just get the Seahawks out of the way. They're gonna be, they're <laughs> gonna be dreadful. They they're doing they're they're tanking. They're they yeah. they tore the whole thing down. They're doing it on purpose. Like there's a reason when you trade Russ, you take Drew Locke back because you're not trying to win now. Right. So I got them with four wins. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I went through and I I kind of I did the schedule and I where I thought they were gonna win. The other teams. So yeah, you got Seattle. Uh, you got the Seattle schedule up here. I have them winning like some real banger matchups uh well, let's let's the falcons go the giants the panthers and the jets are the only wins i have for them yeah it's ugly on this schedule and, and yeah. normally i'd want to go like game by game but as you mentioned this is three teams deep we know what this is this yeah. is not a, a good football team and they're going to be going through some growing pains this year geno smith's going to be the quarterback for it looks like a while we'll see how that turns out um, but obviously the young guys are going to get a huge opportunity. And so I know they'll probably take like two games they're not supposed to take against division, yeah. like against the Rams, Cardinals, or Niners. Uh, but then I look at winnable games against, uh, you know, the Falcons there at home. Like they're always tough at home. The Giants are at home. Carolina's at home. The Jets are at home. So that's mm -hmm. four winnable games. I think they at least take three of those. Yeah. So I'll give them five wins on the season. I think they're about five. And the line right now, the number four, the, the Seahawks is five and a half. So – I probably would stay away from this total because it's low enough to entice you, but then also high enough to be like, uh, the Seahawks just ain't that good. Yeah, it's you mentioned, um, you know, they can they can steal a win or two from better teams than NFC West. Like they no matter how good the Niners are or how bad the Seahawks are, they the Seahawks always go two and zero against the Niners, it feels like. So it's like they could easily, you know, steal those two games or they could, you know, steal a game where Matthew Stafford had to throw 50 times the week before and his elbow's dead. So they steal one from the Rams or something like that. So they're frisky, but I, I just don't know if they have, you know, I don't know if Pete Carroll has the talent there anymore to make it work, but I agree five and a half. It it's, it's like, Ooh, that feels close, but it's hard to lose. Uh, you know, 12 games in the NFL. Yeah. Well, it's I even really look, hard. I even look at two games right now that kind of stick out to me as like on paper, you're saying absolutely not. But they, when I think about them more, they're probably very winnable games. Is that home opener against Russ, right? At home mm. on Monday Night Football. The Seahawks want to, just as much as Russ wants to go in there and show everybody that they he deserved to air it out a little bit more and that they weren't treating him right, I think the Seahawks want to show, like, we made the right move by trading Russ, too. So, to me, that's interesting. And then I look at Thursday night on uh, Week 15 
at home on the Niners, short week, mm-hmm. probably for both teams. Uh, I think the Niners are on, on short week that week as well. Uh, to me, that seems, those are always that division game. That's one of those games I mentioned that could go in the Seahawks' favor. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's the, you know, the Niners have won like one game in the, well, I don't know what they call it, Lumen Field, I think, in the clink since, <laughs> uh, since um, 2011, I want to say. Yeah. So it's like, it's always rough there for them. So, you know, we'll see. This is the first time, you know, no rest. The Seahawks are truly down and out, but Pete Carroll's got his bag of tricks. You know, it's, it, it wasn't all rust. Yeah. Well, if you're betting the Seahawks, uh, you're betting their total, just don't. Stay away yeah. from it. It's definitely a stay away. But we got three more. Let's dial into the schedules and go game by game um, with some of these other schedules. So for the first team, let's start with the Cardinals. Uh, we got to save the best for last like we did on Friday show. Baby Friday, best for last. So That's right. <laughs> so let's get in with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals schedule. And this team to me, you know, obviously – did a lot last year early on in the season and then kind of tailed off, which has been the story of this Cardinals team since uh, Cl- Cliff Kingsbury has been there. And so they didn't re- they, they got Hollywood Brown in the offseason. I feel like this team just kind of stayed the same. Do you see any major changes for this team heading into this year? Not really, because if you look at Hollywood Brown, like they lost Christian Kirk and you look at the types of routes and the depth of target and all that stuff. They basically just replace Christian Kirk with Marquise Brown. Like they do almost all the same stuff. Granted, there's a lot of hype about about Hollywood Brown and how he's going to change the tide in this Cardinals receiving core. I, I I was gonna say, granted, I think he's a better player, but they do a lot of the same stuff. So it's it's sort of like the opposite of uh, the Titans going from AJ Brown to Traylon Burks, where it's like, hey, you do kind of the same stuff, but you're worse. Hollywood Brown does a lot of the same stuff as Christian Kirk, but he's better. But at the same time, you know, you're going to lose Nuke for six games. Um, I'm not a big believer in Rondale Moore. Losing Chase Edmonds is a big deal. He's a really good football player. And I think Daryl Williams, you know, Benjamin have some appeal there. But it's like we can't underscore how much losing Chase Edmonds hurt this team because James Conner's nifty, but he's not this great pass catching back like Chase Edmonds is. So it's sort of this thing where they would take like one step forward, one step back, one step forward, one step back all offseason. And they kind of ended up more or less in the same spot. Like you said, it's, it's, I don't really see a lot changing, but then we've got, you know, on the screen, we got JJ Watt here. That's a perfect guy to have up there. Cause you got JJ Watt, you got AJ green, you got Rodney Hudson. These are all vets that are yeah. now one year older. And you know, JJ Watt has trouble staying healthy. So does AJ green. Rodney Hudson was a big, uh, um, contentious off season. So it's like, this could easily start well and then fall apart. <laughs> especially, yeah, it could. It especially because their schedule is much harder in the second half than the first half. That's what I've, I've looked at their schedule as well. It starts off a little bit kind of even, and then towards the end, it gets super tough. Let's dial in. So these first three weeks, they come in, and they're at home against KC. Then they're on the road uh, against Vegas, and then they play the Rams at home. Jeff, what do you see their record during that time? Uh, the first three games, I got them going to or one and two. I, I, yeah, I can see him going to Vegas and winning a game, but you know, I don't see them taking down Kansas City um, in Arrowhead. You know, first week of the season. Oh no, sorry, that's in um, in Arizona. But yeah. first week of the season is essentially a long buy, and we know how Andy Reid does off of buys. So I think that they're going to get pummeled there. I think they're going to take down the Raiders. I think it's going to be a close get close game against the Rams, just because the NFC West games are like always close. But I don't see them beating the Rams. Um, and so I got them, you know, I was have them starting slow at uh, two and one. And then yeah. things start to, or one and two, and then things start to pick up. Yeah, I got them starting one and two. I think those are, you know, it's tough to give them a loss there at home against KC to start off the year. Um, but I'm going to give them a loss there, the home opener. I think they can go in and beat the, the Raiders. They're mm-hmm. better. I feel like they're a better football team than the Raiders. And then at home against the Rams, I have a feeling they're going to split, but I'm still going to give them the L. Like, I still just got to give them the L. I feel like the Rams are a better football team as well. But then they have this stretch, this three-game stretch against the Panthers, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. Even though the Seahawks are on the road, do you see them losing any of those games? Uh, Eagles. I think the Eagles – um, especially with getting uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson just trading for him. Man. I think they're set up to be a favorite to have a top two seed, um, maybe even get the bye, especially because the rest of the NFC East is a nightmare. So they're just knocking off free wins there. Um, so I, I think that the Eagles are going to be really good, and that's the only one I have them losing in that stretch, though. But um, that has more to do with the Eagles than the Cardinals. Yeah, I think I think with them being – 
at home that game, I want to say, you know, that red, the red sea is there. I think yeah. they can go three and zero during that stretch. So I'm gonna give them three wins. I think if that game wasn't at home, if the Eagles weren't coming to the West Coast, then I probably would give them uh, an L there. But I think coming here, and then the Seahawks at home is gonna be tough. But I just feel like they're a better football team yeah. than the Seahawks. So we go into our next three against the Saints. Uh, at home against the Saints, on the road against the Vikings, and then um, and then they play the Seahawks right after that. How you feeling about that stretch? Three wins. I got three wins there. Um, you know, uh, the Saints had one of the better defenses in the league last year, but Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had a lot to do with that. And so I think they're going to struggle, and I think this is going to be where some of the wheels start to fall off with the Jameis experience because he's going to be inconsistent. Um, and that's also Nuke's first game back. So they have a huge Good call. push to be like, all right, now we're back at full strength. Let's do this. Let's go. Uh, I think they're a better football team than the Vikings. I mean, that's that's all it comes down to. It's yeah, it's a road game, uh, 10 a.m. game. It'll be you know a tough body clock game, but um, I don't worry about that too much. Um, and then the Seahawks are dreadful, like we said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have them going two and one in that stretch for the same reasons. I think the Saints is going to be a tougher game than it looks, but it's on a short week at home. Mm. I think they go to the Vikings and lose. I, I could see them losing okay. that game, and then the Seahawks. I think that's a win for them. So. The next three-game stretch is very tough. Oh, yeah. We're talking about at the Rams, even at home, Monday night at home against the Niners, and then uh, against the Chargers as well. What do you have them going th- during that stretch? Uh, I have them going – I actually have them beating the Niners for their – I think the Niners are going to split uh, with the uh, with the Cardinals this year, but um, Rams are going to blow them out, and so are the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll, it, it's not even going to be close. It'll be bad for those two. I, I actually got them going 0-3 during that stretch. I feel like yeah. they'll lose all three of those games. And I know D-Hop will be back and his team will be tougher, but that's a tough three-game stretch. Yeah. And the Niners and, and Cardinals always play each other tough. So they'll come out of the bye, and they got five games. Looking at the Pats, Broncos, Bucks, and Falcons with the Niners on the road to finish the season. Jeff, what are we looking at last five games? One and four. Is, is that rough for him? Is that rough? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, I, I'm not not exactly one and four, but uh, I think the I think the Patriots are going to be a mess this year. We haven't yes. got we haven't even gotten one good report out of uh, Patriots camp. Like, there's not even like player X is playing well. It's just like this is a disaster, and that's a disaster, and this is a disaster. Yes, so I think man. they're going to win that one. I think they're actually going two and three. So I think they're going to lose to the Broncos, lose to the Buccaneers, lose to the Niners, but they can't lose to the Falcons. They like, can't, right? Especially because I have a feeling that's going to be Desmond Ritter, seeing what the kids got. You know, the Falcons are probably going to go like 5-12, and 12, and at that point they're just playing out the string. Cardinals are going to be in the mix for that third wild card spot. Um, yeah. So they're going to they're gonna play hard, whereas the Falcons are just going to see what they have. So I got them 2-3 and three to finish the, the last five-game stretch. Yeah, I don't think they're going to, to mile high winning that game. I don't think that they'll beat Tom Brady. Uh, and I don't think that they're beating the Niners last game of the year. That might be the homer talking, but that's I, I genuinely think that that Niners team is going to come ready to, ready to play, and that's probably going to be for uh, the Niners, potentially for the division, right? Because they're yeah. going to be playing the for the division, so I know they're going to be playing for something. Yeah, they're going to be close. I got uh, uh, Niners, Arizona, and the Rams actually all kind of bunched up together at the top playing for the division. Well, let's see. So you have the, the Cardinals sitting at 7 Nine. So you got nine and eight for the uh, for the Cardinals. I got them sitting at eight and nine. So the okay. over uh, the win total right now, of course, the win total for the Cardinals is eight and a half. I'm sitting on the under. You're sitting on the over again. This is probably a stay away because there's a lot of competitive games here for the Cardinals. That number seems pretty tight. Yeah, and I think this is going to be the theme of this division, which is things could break really well or things could break horribly. Every team has that one big question mark around them and it's 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 hard to trust a win total when you like we both sat here and did a game by game and we landed half a game on either side of the win total (laughs) so it's like it's like you know don't put your money there you know because because uh what if kyler comes out and is incredible or what if kyler comes out and uh you know this offense kind of sputters like it has in the second half all of a sudden you're sweating a a bet you didn't have to make and yes I don't see a world where they lose 10 games or win 10 games. So it's like, it's yeah. really right right there. 
And the part I, I guess to even think about is a lot of those wins we are giving them to is going is going to be without DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And so even factoring that in, some of those games that we might have been giving him wins for might be a little bit tougher until he gets back. So the, like like I mentioned, I gave him the win against the Eagles. Uh, I know you gave him one of the wins earlier on against the Raiders. Those are high powered offenses, and so you know that could even be a factor there too. So. Just be careful if you're going to play the Cardinals. I would stay. I would stay away. But if you're going to play the Cardinals, just be very careful when you're looking at those lines yeah. for, the, for the game. So, let's move on to the Rams. We got to go Rams first because we got to do Niners last. Like I don't. I don't care how many wins they have. Yeah. We're doing the Niners last. It's the Niners show, baby. That's right. So we're talking about the Rams. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl last year, and it's. You know, they've, they've kind of dealt with some things here in this offseason. Uh, getting Allen Robinson, acquiring some de- some help on the defense, Bobby Wagner. But then also when we're looking at, uh, you know, Stafford's elbow might be a problem here. They're trying to get Cam Akers ramped up. They dealt with soft tissue injuries, injuries for Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson. They're both getting up to speed. So it looks like everybody's on track to be okay week one. What are your thoughts on the Rams? Well, I think it would be silly to say that they're going to, you know, lose a bunch of games this year. They're, they're defending champions for a reason. You know, they didn't lose anybody major except for like Andrew Whitworth. You know, there was talks of Aaron Donald might retire. They lost Odell Beckham, but Oh, Hey, we've got Allen Robinson who might still be good, but just gave up on the bears last year to replace him. I mean, I've got them and the Niners in a tie for the top of the division. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think they're they're the odds on favorite. The only problem is, is, you know, they've got a rough schedule. You know, they've yes. got a lot of playoff teams on the schedule, which you're going to drop a few, especially when you look at, you know, there's going to be some shootouts on here. And um, I was I forget what podcast I was listening to. Somebody was talking about they had what Matthew Stafford has. And it was basically like it's almost like tennis elbow. And the problem was was overuse like you can dump it off and it's fine because you can modify your release oh he was an outfielder who had it that's what it was so he would modify his release and it wouldn't bother him but when he would go overhead he would get numbness and tingling and then it would bother him for a few days so i'm thinking these shootouts were the the rams you know like week one against the bills like that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna that has like potential to be like 43 to 32 <laughs> you know that thing could right, be a, that right. thing could be monstrous and then the next week they gotta they gotta play again it could mess up his hand for a little bit so i'm kind of wary of that sort of thing but i still think that he played with something similar to this last year they won the super bowl they should be at the top of everything again yeah so the first obviously you know coming in with the the, the elbow that he's got right now they got you know a tough little start to to the season, their first five games. They open up at home against the Bills and the Falcons. You think they win both of those games, split, lose both of them? What's your thoughts on those two early games? I got them losing to the to the Bills. And the reason being is that if Sean McVay has his druthers, he's given a running back like 20 carries. Yeah. And at this point, we don't know what's going on. Like, yeah, Daryl Henderson's healthy, sure. But Cam Akers might be healthy. Uh, we don't know what's going on with that running back room. And at the same time, you know, we got new offensive line stuff going on. Like I mentioned, Andrew Whitworth retiring. Uh, and the Bills have improved across the board the offseason. You know, they yes. use high picks on defense, I believe. And it's just like they have something to prove. Yeah. The Rams stole don't. one of their players, too. Yes. And they stole Von Miller. That's right. And, um, you know, they want the Bills want to make a statement. They want to say, yeah, this Thursday night home game is what the champion gets. But this should have been our Thursday night home mm. game. And we're going to show you that if we were in the Super Bowl, you would not be hosting this game. Yeah, I think the Bills definitely have a lot more to prove on opening yeah. day. The Rams kind of feel like they might be coasting into the season fresh off. The Super Bowl hangover might be yep. a real thing. So I'll give them one and one for that as well. I think mm-hmm. they... They go and they'll beat the the Falcons, especially after they lose to the Bills. I think they'll go one and one there. You have them going one and one, right? Yeah, to start. Yeah. yeah, and then the next three games are are it's a pretty tough schedule. So you got at at Arizona, at San Francisco, and then at home against the Cowboys. I know we talked about Arizona and the Niners, but we're gonna leave we're gonna leave any past schedule. We can address <laughs> this one fresh. I don't care if you gave them a win or a loss. How do you think they go in these next three games? Um. I have them beating the Cardinals, and I think it'll be pretty soundly. Uh, they can't win in San Francisco. Like, they just can't do it. Like, it's, 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 
amazing. You know, there was a couple of years ago, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo, two third and 16s on the same drive to beat him. So it's like, yeah. no matter what happens, Niners BS is going to take over. And so they're <laughs> going to, they're going to lose in San Francisco. Um, that's going to be a Monday night game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, I got season tickets to, to the Niners. So, there you go. um, coming back off the pandemic, like missing that year, people were out of control last year. And I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more of the same, uh, this year. And so that'll be a lot of fun. And then I have them beating the, the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are in a lot of trouble. Their offensive line isn't what it used to be. They're counting on, you know, Michael Gallup being healthy, healthy coming off an ACL tear, a rookie and Tolbert. Uh, you know, we got question marks around Zeke. I mean, granted, that defense is getting pretty solid around Micah Parsons, but it's like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think they take down the Rams. Yeah, that's. I feel like, you know, there's a lot. They don't have the receivers right now either. There's yeah. so many injuries at the receiving core. Like you mentioned, just their, the whole team doesn't feel like it's it's ready to make that elite level. Like the Eagles are probably going to make that jump this year. Yeah. Uh, when I look at that three-game stretch, I got them beating the Cardinals, losing to the Niners, beating the Cowboys. So we're both even. We're both equal there. Um, and then the Panthers, the next game right before the bye, I think they beat the Panthers as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been rattling off five straight wins now. So, okay. So coming yeah. off the, yeah, coming off the bye, the Niners, Bucks, Cardinals, Saints. How are you feeling about that four game stretch? I think it's going to be rough. And I think they're going to come out of it a little, little worse for where they'll probably lose a key player. You know, I could see, uh, you know, Aaron Donald getting, you know, like a, a twisted ankle and he might miss a game or two after that. But, you know, if they're going to defend their title, they've got to win. Uh, these four games, um, you know, home versus the Niners uh, at Tampa. They got to go to Tampa Bay, beat Tom Brady, take down the Cardinals, and then uh, take down uh, the Saints in uh, Mercedes-Benz. I think that it's going to be uh, a statement stretch of four games where every all the question marks kind of start to, like, equalize. You know, like, either Akers or Henderson will take over. A-Rob will get back into it. The defense will start to get back into the swing of things. And I think it's going to be a, a statement stretch for them there. Yeah, coming off the bye at home against the Niners, I'll give them the win there. But yeah. I do think they'll go to Tampa and probably take the L there. I think Tampa, that'll be one of those NFC championship-type preview matchups. And so I think there will be a lot there um, at stake. Of Both teams will be feeling it. And then they'll beat the Cardinals at home. I think that Saints game, though, might be a little bit. It's one of those East Coast traveling games. It feels like mm -hmm. one of those trap games. So I got them going 2-2 two and two during that stretch. You okay. had them 3-1, and one, right? Uh, yeah, I have no, I have them going four and zero. Four and zero in that stretch. Yeah, um, my only thing about the Tampa Bay, uh, Tom Brady's lost like twenty five offensive linemen, and, oh, yeah, and you're Aaron, right. Aaron Donald's just gonna he's gonna take triple teams and like still sack Tom Brady somehow. It's it's gonna, that's gonna be a nightmare for the Buccaneers that game specifically because there's so many disruptors that these Rams have along the defensive line and, and you know um, in their linebacking core that it's it's gonna be. It's going to be uh, tough for Tom Brady, I think. But granted, it's still Tom Brady. It is Tom Brady. And we saw it last year, like, the Rams obviously know how to play the Bucks. Like, we saw them go in there and kind of assert their dominance in that game as well. So, I just think Brady has a little bit on his mind, a little bit of revenge on his mind. So, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be surprising, though, if the Rams went in there and did damage. I'm giving, I'm giving Tom the win at home, though. I ain't fading Tom Brady at home. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give the Saints the win. The more I think about it, I'll give the Saints the win. So the I Saints? Got to go, yeah, three and one. I'll give them the Saints win. Three and because, one. Because that, the, the Superdome is – that they're going to be up for it, and that is out of control. I ended up with tickets to the Niners Saints game a few years ago. Yeah. That place was literally shaking. They really? They up for it. Yeah, it is crazy because it's the dome too. So it's all like everybody's going crazy, and it's like reverberating. Yeah. Like I was, I was in there. I was like, "Is this thing gonna fall down?" <laughs> was that before or after the Drew Brees trip, where he's in the middle of the huddle, getting everybody all excited? That they, they probably got the chant and the the trumpets and shit going too, right? Yeah, it's wild. It's all it's a whole experience. Like I would tell if you're a football fan and you have a chance to go to a game in New Orleans, it is an experience. It is uh, so much fun. Even as a visitor, it was a lot of fun. Man, well, yeah, I definitely want to do that at some point. You're hyping it up, too. So I feel like it's uh, something I got to do now. And when yeah. you talk about hard places to play, obviously Arrowhead is one of the, mm -hmm. the toughest places to play, too. That's where the Rams go next. They play at, at Arrowhead, and they play the Seahawks and the Raiders. How are you feeling about those three? Uh, they're going to lose. I got them losing to the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to bounce back this year. We're going to see a, a new look to their offense that people are going to struggle with, which is – uh, rather than just Tyreek, there's going to be a lot of, you know, they've got 
Juju and, and MVS and Sky Moore and, and Miko Hartman. They've got a lot of like weapons to spread it around to. So I think that that's going to be, that's going to be like the game of the week, but I have the chiefs winning it. And it's pretty stupid that it's stuck at a 125 game. On, I know they'll probably on, flex on that thing out. They, if they can, they should, because that should, that should be Sunday night football. Like Rams chiefs uh, at Arrowhead. That's, that's got Sunday yeah. night football all over it. That does. And so, yeah, hopefully we get to see. So that, that seems like it's going to be a Super Bowl preview as well. I like mm-hmm. what the chiefs are doing right now offensively. And yeah, I got them losing. Obviously I got them beating, excuse me, uh, the Seahawks and the Raiders, mm-hmm. even after that at home. Um, when it comes to that last stretch, right? Green Bay at Green Bay at home against the Broncos at the Chargers. I think we both give them the win or at Seattle. We'll, we'll toss at Seattle there. <laughs> How are you feeling about those four? I got them going two and two. Okay. I, I have them dropping the games to uh, Green Bay and the Chargers. Uh, Green Bay, I think, is going to struggle to start the season because, um, you know, you hear Matt LaFleur talk about these wide receivers. He's like, yeah, there's not like a one among them. It's like, oh, that's that's bad. You don't want that in a wide receiver core. But I think by the time it comes around, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers will figure it out. He'll figure yeah. out who it is he can go to. And if it's Alan Lazard or – Romeo Dubs, or even if it's a mixture of AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, he's going to have it figured out by then. And this is going to be Monday night football in Lambeau in December, mind you. So this could be the middle of a snowstorm. We don't know yet. I I would never bet against a prime time home game in December for for the Packers like never. (laughs) Yeah, And especially because staff might be still trying to warm that elbow up. Yeah, you never know at that point. He takes he takes a weird hit on the elbow and it's you know negative two degrees out. Yeah, I mean he he could spend two quarters trying to get that thing back that into frozen back tundra. Into That's right. <laughs> All right, and then against the Broncos, you said you have them going two and two for me. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think they can beat the Broncos at home, especially because they're probably going to take an L there in Lambeau. Um, and then I see them losing to the Chargers in the Battle of L.A. Uh, I think the Rams fans will show out there, but I also feel like. That's a tough matchup, and the Chargers are kind of bouncing back. And then I think they can go into Seattle and win, even though Seattle's such a tough place to play. That's a tough-ass schedule, man. Yeah, it's rough. It's it's real rough. And, like, their only saving grace playing the Broncos is that they've been playing against Russ for ages. And, right. Um, so that they, it, it's not going to be new for them. And also, I don't – I think they only have really Cortland Sutton. I'm not a big Jerry Judy believer. So they throw Ramsey on Sutton, and it's like, what are they going to do? There's no Jerry Judy slander on this on this channel. I'm not, I don't know I'm how not, you can even come on this okay. and slander Jerry Judy. Like I need that. to say I'm not slandering him, but he has not shown anything in the league to make me worry about him yet. That's all. Fair enough. Well, hey, yeah. young guy, he'll get his opportunity. We'll have the, we'll have to have that Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton battle another day. I think they'll both be productive. <laughs> I think they'll oh, both I, be productive though. I mean, I I, I posed it to um, my uh, my co-host on our podcast. I said, are we certain? that uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are worse than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It's like, no, we're not. Yeah. But one of them, one of those pairs has had Russ their whole careers and the others had Joe Flacco and Drew Locke. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure Case Keenum was in the mix there because he's in the mix everywhere. Yeah. And so it's like, it could be a situation where, yeah, Jerry Judy uh, just goes crazy this year because he actually has a quarterback who can get him the football. Yeah, I was, I was on the mindset that we could potentially both they could be wide receiver twos. Like I, I could see a world where that happens where Judy probably is more of the receptions and yardage guy. Cortland Sutton's probably more of the touchdown guy. And we both, we see a Keenan Allen, Mike Williams type of thing, a Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf type mm-hmm. of thing where they're both relevant uh, in fantasy. So you had them winning 11 games. I had them winning 10 games. And here we are, 10 and a half wins. Vegas does it again. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like they know what they're doing to get people to take bets or something. They do. Uh, you know, they almost like they make a lot of money doing that. They probably yeah. would. If they tried, they'd probably make a lot of money doing something like that. Yeah, well, now, my, 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 uh, uh, cause you know, we're in, we're in Sacramento. So we're close to Tahoe and Reno. And uh, when I was a kid, uh, we, we'd go up to Tahoe at times and my mom would be like, look how great this casino is. I'm like, yeah. And she was like, you know, they didn't build this out of the kindness of their hearts, right? They're not giving away money. <laughs> I was like, I get I, just right there. I was like, I know exactly what you're saying. So like 
table games, slots, all that stuff. I'm like, nope, I'm not giving the house any money if I can help it. <laughs> it's built to lose, man. That's right. Hey, for the most people, there's some people that do well, and that's what we're trying to help you do. We're yeah. trying to get you guys a little bit of insight, help you make a little bit of money. So we got to take a look at this Niners schedule too, baby. See San Fran. Like, I got, like, they I got, got like, seven. They're seventeen. Hey, see, Bros. there my it is. So shirt. if you hear seventeen and zero out of our mouths, just know that it's a lock. Like it's gonna yeah. happen. Seventeen and zero is let's gonna just happen. Let's move man. on. Let's move on. Seventeen and zero. <laughs> just no need to go through it. Facts. Well, let's start off. Obviously, they got Green Bay at home. They go on the road to Minnesota, and then they go on the road. Oh, sorry, that's the no, preseason. This, yeah, I was gonna say. I was yeah. like, they're I was starting like, at the Packers. I was like, sounds uh -oh. familiar. I was like, yeah. I feel like I've already talked about those games. They start in Chicago at home against the San. Uh, the Seahawks, and then on the road against the Broncos. What are you thinking? Cold start, hot start for the Niners this year? Hot. I think they're gonna they're gonna start off. The only one I have them losing is Denver out of their first like six games, and that's just because Russ knows exactly how to beat the 49ers. Like yeah. it, I, I am I have so much PTSD from Russell Wilson, and I'm sure you do too. I was so happy when he got <laughs> traded, and then I was like, and then I saw the schedule. I saw the Broncos on the schedule, and I was like, no! I was yeah. like that that yeah. one Michael Scott gift that everybody yeah. posts on Twitter. No, like, no yeah. God, no! I was like, we got to play him again. You know, it will, and it's it's crazy because that game is also in uh, in prime time in Denver. So yeah, I could see him five and one is what I got him going starting off yep. the season as well. So. We are on board with each other there. And then they go, um, they play the Chiefs at home, which is, that seems like it might be one of the games of the year for the Niners, bro. The Chiefs yeah. at home, I might want to go to that game. And then at the Rams as well. How do you feel like they do in those two games? Oh, man, this Chiefs one, I, I kept going back and forth. So I actually left it blank till I got to the end of the year. And I was like, do I really think the Niners are going to win 13 games? I said, no. Ooh. So I gave them the loss there. <laughs> obligatory loss like you just yeah. had to give it to him i had to give it to him because it's like it's the chiefs it, it, giving them making them 13 and 4 felt way too homerish and i was like they're gonna lose i, I was like they're gonna lose games that are gonna be close like right some, even you know the two best teams in the league i'm not saying they are but if the two best teams in the league play one of them's got to lose so i can't be like yeah they're gonna take down the chiefs yeah. they're gonna take down the Rams. they're gonna take down the bucks the charge, like, I can't, I was like, I, they can't just go 17 and 0. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm playing it. I got them beating both of these guys. I got, hey, beating, I, go. I got them beating the Rams and the Chiefs. The, the Niners have had the Rams number historically. Obviously, it didn't work out in the NFC Championship last year. I mean, yeah. you, uh, I mean, you see the ball come in your hands. You got to be able to bring that one in. But I can't. I'm not going to harp on it. Ten point lead in the fourth quarter and lose. I'm not going to harp on it too much. But I feel like two and zero there. I'm going to give them two wins uh, against the Chiefs and the Rams. So I, that might seem homerish. But I think that this defense is for real. When we talk about this Niners defense before we get into the bye, it's one of the top defensive units in the league and only getting better. Right? Health. Most pass, they only had two uh, passers last year that had over 275 yards against them. This defense is legit and it's getting better. Like in the offense, if the offense clicks, if it's Trey Lance, this all depends on Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. If Trey Lance gets going and, and he's effective like the Niners are hoping that he is, if he can be a little bit more than the player that Jimmy G was, this team's going to be scary for, for the rest of the league. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, even if he is just what Jimmy G was. Like this offense is is, I've said it. It's idiot proof, you know. It, it tricked people into thinking Nick Mullins was good. Like that's that's how how just like easy this offense is to run. And yeah, he struggled in preseason. And you're you are supposed to struggle in preseason because you're supposed to try to do things you've never done before. Like you you're, you're gonna struggle in preseason. And I think that Trey Lance. I think that uh, um, Kyle Shanahan has this whole book. Of, of plays that he just had up in his office and was yeah. collecting dust with, you know, Bethard and Garoppolo and, and, and Mullins and he could pull it down and he's just got all these plays in it. Like I remember last preseason, there was a play where Trey Lance was in and uh, they had four guys at the mesh point for a handoff, all going different directions. Wow. Yeah. And it was like, good luck. It was, was, it was, it was, uh, juice was crashing. Uh, Sermon was going across Trey Lance's body which rest in peace, Trey Sermon Niners. And then, it, and then it was, uh, I think it was Jennings was running a sweep. And then Trey Lance was moving the opposite direction of juice crashing. It's like, good luck figuring out who's getting the ball there. Well, I saw a play like that with Debo coming out of the backfield, very similar, except it was yeah. three guys at the, at the mesh point. And yes, it's very deceptive because now there's home run threats all, all over the field. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. 
things are going to open up so much right now because Trey Lance is also going to dictate some spy coverage, some some dedicated linebacker coverage. Kittle is going to be more open than he has in his entire career. Like I, I can see a ton of things happening for this Niner team. Yes, this is a little bit of the Homer talking, but it's also some analysts talking as well. So be excited for this Niners team. They play the Chargers uh, coming off of the bye and then the Cardinals. Uh, how do you feel like they, they do in those two games? That is a Monday nighter. I have them beating the Chargers at home. My, um, I think that's a Sunday nighter. Oh, uh, the Cardinals are Monday night. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I have them beating the Chargers at home Sunday night football off the bye. It's the perfect setup to just yeah. come in and, and make a statement game. But going to Mexico City, um, you know, uh, uh, so much of what the 49ers do is predicated on playing hard and i think they might just run out of gas you know they're going to be a by your reckoning eight and one at this point um you know i i just i have trouble seeing them take both games from the cardinals yeah i i do have them beating the Chargers. now i'm losing to the cardinals i feel like yeah. a mexico city game you going to that one too is your home your uh season pass come with that <laughs> go no, to the mexico no. city game no um, that sure would be nice though that would be fun if you're having a good time, well, we go to to the Saints. Obviously, the Saints game is going to be a home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dolphins game is going to be a home, and then the Bucks game is going to be a home too. So, nice little home stretch here for the Niners against Tom Brady, against Mike McDaniel, and against famous Jameis. How do you feel right. like they do? Uh, two and one. I have them losing to the Bucks here, um, just because by week fourteen, the Niners' defense always has somebody not feeling great, and I think that by this point, the the um the Bucks offensive line might have figured it out. And if it's like a, a, a Joey Bosa like knee tweak or whatever and he misses a couple games, like they'll stop the rest of this line. Yeah. Um and um I also think, you know, Tom Brady he retired then he unretired. And it, he wanted to go to San Francisco and win a title. So I think it's a little bit different for him to play versus the Niners at home in what is going to be his last chance to play in San Francisco in the regular season. So it's be a little bittersweet for him. Yeah. Not only that, but the night, okay. The Niners have Trevarius Ward, right? So they have a good, they have a good cover corner there. And you know, the, the rest of the guys, I think they're, they're underrated, but at the same time, I don't know how this, uh, um, defensive backfield stops, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yeah. Um, Julio Jones and Russell Gage. Like there's just too much there. And, and if there's a if there's a weakness to this defense, it is in the coverage. Depth, so, depth wise, yes. Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be a little bit of trouble if they run a lot of four wide. Yeah, I can see them going two and one in this stretch as well. I think they can beat the Saints. And they're lucky that it's a lot of home games because yeah. I probably will go the different direction if they weren't at home. So nice little home stretch there. Two and one uh, I have as well. And then the last four games at Seattle – Home against the uh, Commanders, and then on the road against the Raiders. Home against the Cardinals. How do you got the season finishing up for them? Clean sweep. 4-0? 4-0. I think the only tough one is going to be the Raiders. I think yeah. week, I think week 18, uh, when the that's that's the like fan appreciation game for, for the Niners' home games, is always the last home game. And it's always pretty fun because people, a lot of people go because there's a lot of giveaways and stuff. So I think that the, the Niners will carry that one. Uh, Raiders. Um, I, I can't have them losing the Raiders. I just can't. I just can't do yeah. it. You know, Battle of the Bay, I think they actually lose that game. It's just, it feels like one of those trap games, even though it's not the Battle of the Bay anymore. Yeah. Uh, it still feels like one of those games where they might come in and, and take a loss to the Raiders on the road. And then that Seattle game. It's, you know, I gave Seattle, I think I gave the Seattle the loss there. Mm-hmm. But it's Thursday night football. We didn't really dial into the schedule that much. It's Thursday night football on a short week in Seattle there's a chance it is to be Trey Lance's first time starting there. There could be a chance that they take the L there. I'm going to have them going two and two just okay. for the sake of this record. And I put them at 13 and four for me. You, you got them at 13 and four too. And guess what? They're sitting at nine and a half wins. I think that's, a, you know, and this could be the home we're talking. We could. I, you know, that's preference. I don't think that it is, though. I think that Trey Lance is the real deal, and this mm-hmm. all depends. I think this line takes that into account, that he's a young quarterback and that if he fails, there is a chance that this team, if, if Trey Lance isn't 80% of what everybody's expecting him to be, then this team won't hit that number. I think that's a, a solid win total, though. How do you feel about that, Jeff? I feel a little itchy about it. I wish they were. <laughs> Um, but I like it. The only, like, I, whenever I have something like this, I'm like, all right, how, how do they fall underneath this? How do they fall under nine and a half wins? And 
The only way I see it is injury, which doesn't count. That doesn't matter because you right. can't you can't make bets predicting injury. And then the other one is the offensive line. And the offensive line is a bit of a mess. But, you know, we talked about it. This Niners team, the offense is built differently than a lot of teams. You're not going to have Trey Lance, you know, standing there doing five-step drops in the pocket, you know, standing there waiting to see if stuff develops. It's a lot of quick hits. It's a lot of fast throws. It's sideline to sideline. It's, uh, you know, wheel routes, swing routes, stuff that minimizes the, the offensive line's problems. So, I mean, they went 10 and 7 with Garoppolo last year, and it was kind of a nightmarish 10 and 7. If Trey yeah. Lance is what they think he's going to be, I see no reason why it's, it's at 9.5. I mean, they're yeah. winning double digit games at minimum. I feel like that's a, a lock as well. So nine and a half, smash it. I feel Let's like that's go. one. Of, that would be a heavy play for me. Um, and you can do that on the, on the ticket uh, picket app. Three dollars or a hundred dollars free when you sign up and you sync your sports book to the app. Use the code JHen with a three instead of an E. Download and track your bets all on the picket app. Let's move to our next section, man. I think we yeah. covered the NFC West in full. Yep. Obviously, the Niner love there, but then it's the schedule for the Rams. So. If you're taking a look at it, just make sure you keep that in mind. But let's get on to some fantasy stuff before we head off, man. This section's called the Zero RB. Nah. Zero RB presented by Prize Picks, where you can get 100% of your deposit match with the code JHEN with the three instead of an E. Make sure you're doing all your player props on Prize Picks. And here we are talking second year quarterbacks, Jeff. Uh, obviously, there's six. There's six names, so I want to start at the six, and we'll work our way up to the one. Um, who do you who do you have at the bottom tier for fantasy purposes? Who do you think is the worst quarterback? Really quickly, Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson had one of the worst rookie seasons in recent memory. I was I was looking at like completion percentage. He's around guys like Deshaun Kaiser and like Curtis Painter, and just guys who had terrible rookie years. And um, he's got the knee injury, so he's not going to have this like little bit of mobility, which is a lot of what Zach Wilson does kind of in that, like uh, that Baker Mayfield or worst case scenario, um, Johnny Manziel mold where he kind of, uh, he overcomes by being shifty and dancy. Well, if you just had your meniscus cleaned up, you're not going to be doing that. Right. And so I got Zach Wilson last, but he's yeah. not very far from the fifth guy who I'm not, I don't want any of. Yeah. I got Zach Wilson down at the bottom at number six. And then my number five guy, big Mac. I feel yep. like I feel like Mac is is Mac Jones to me is just not in a very good setup with Matt Patricia, Joe Judge there running the offense. It's changed from Joe, Josh McDaniels now, so to me he's got weapons. I just don't. I'm not. I'm buying into a sophomore slump here for him. I don't think he he produces the same way that he did last year. Yeah, I mean you've got Patricia's helping run the offense, and he's a defensive guy, and and there's no like there's nobody there developing Mac Jones. Like we all saw the pass in preseason where he put there was like five Raiders defenders around a, around a guy downfield and he tried to throw the ball and he threw it straight to a linebacker. It's like, if you have a good quarterbacks coach, that's the kind of thing that can get offset in the regular season. But it's like, that could just keep happening, especially because who, who's the number one there? Jacoby Myers. Like he's Myers okay. Devante, yeah. Yeah. Devonte Parker's okay. It's like, you've got a, you've made the whole team out of threes. And I mean, ideally uh, Parker can be a two, but ideally two, yeah. threes and fours. You know, it's, so it's, it's, it's rough. It's tough. It might be rough there. All right, so we're in agreement on Zach Wilson and then Mac Jones. Who do you got at number four? Uh, Davis Mills, just by default. I think he'll be good, not great. I think he'll be like a lesser tier uh, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins type where, you know, instead of getting 30, 35 touchdowns, he's getting you 25. And, you know, every week you're like, okay, 200 yards, 25 touchdown or tw uh, 200 yards, touchdown and a half, and maybe a pick. It's like, eh. Now, I normally don't let preseason determine my judgment. Normally. Okay. I normally don't, right? And so when I look at Justin Fields and Davis Mills, I had Justin Fields under Davis Mills heading into preseason. What I saw from Justin Fields in the preseason made me put him at number three because it's not that I think he's going to have some great season. It shows that he's not going to be as limited in this offense. I think he can put together an okay year. He has more upside than Davis Mills, which I prefer. So I'm going to put Davis Mills underneath them simply for that reason. It would not shock me if, J if Justin Fields struggled this year at some point for a long stretch of games. But it also would not shock me now that I've seen what they're trying to do, even without the receiving help that we think that's supposed to be there, I can see the potential with Justin Fields. So to me, he's a great value version of Trey Lance. He's a great value version of Jalen Hurts. Has the upside. 
I just am not fully buying into it, but I am going to put him over Davis Mills. Yeah, and you said preseason doesn't uh, matter a whole lot. I mostly ignore preseason, too, unless a player answers the big question we have for him, which in Justin Fields' case is, is he going to be able to overcome this offensive line, and can he do it with these weapons? Well, he was like 15 of 17 with three touchdowns in the yes. last game that he played, and he was thrown to like Dante Pettis and Kari Blazengame yes. and, and Ryan Griffin. It's like, okay, he can do this. And and so with that rushing floor, because if 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 he gets into trouble, he's going to run. He doesn't have that reliable short area target, really, because Cole Komet's more of a downfield guy. Darnell Moody's definitely a downfield guy. Yes. So he's going to run. And a rushing yard's worth two, two, two and a half times as many points as a passing yard. So really, we would prefer an eight-yard rush to an eight-yard dump off for fantasy purposes. 100%. 100%. Well, so our list is the same. Now yeah. we get to the top two. Get to the top two. So we get the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence from last year. We got the number three pick from Trey Lance. One of them we saw struggle throughout the course of the season. At times looked great and then had a, a, a terrible stretch for a part of the season. The other one we didn't see very much of, and that's Trey Lance, obviously. I was talking about Trevor Lawrence before. Trey Lance had a couple games, had an injury he was dealing with, but we saw the potential the red zone usage that Kyle Shanahan was using him in. We saw him play pretty decent against the Houston Texans at the end of the year. One and two, Jeff. Where you got him ranked? Oh, it, you, I mean, do you have to ask? I, I, yeah, I'll get mine out of my closet. <laughs> I mean, I got a Trey Lance jersey too. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, but if you just look at like the, he came in at halftime against the Seahawks through two touchdowns. He threw two touchdowns against the Texans. He struggled against the Cardinals, but he still ran for like 60 yards. Yep. Like it's Kyle Shanahan is going to do enough with Trey Lance that his floor is going to be so much higher than Trevor Lawrence's. Garoppolo was quarterback 15 last year in points per game. If if he's literally just Jimmy Garoppolo and he runs a little bit, he runs like five times a game. Yeah. That's a top 12 quarterback right there. Like easily. He's QB 13 off the board right now by 4 for 4 ADP. It's like that's his floor. That's his absolute floor. And you know What's his ceiling? I don't want to say it. Say it. Say it. One baby, it's his ceiling's one. If you take okay, if you take the Seahawks game, make it to make it a whole game, and then the other two games, he was averaging like twenty two fantasy points per game, and Josh Allen had like twenty three last year. Yeah. So his upside is quarterback one. Now, is he going to reach it? Probably not, because uh, Shanahan doesn't like to keep his foot on the gas. So you know they could be up twenty one to six at halftime, and the game's going to end twenty eight to uh, seventeen or something. You know, yeah. there, he's, he, does, he doesn't put his foot on the gas, and whereas the, the Bills will keep their foot on the gas. So that's why it's like he could be QB1, but I, I, I still would go with Josh Allen. Yeah, there's a lot to like with Trey Lance and the upside. Obviously, everybody's going to mention the floor and the unseen, and so I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong this year as far as the doubters, like the people who think that Jimmy G should be starting. I think he'll be able to eliminate some doubt when it comes to that, and somebody else I think will be able to eliminate some doubt is Trevor Lawrence, who struggled last year at times. But he got the perfect setup, getting Christian Kirk, getting Evan Ingram, getting Travis Etienne back, getting some offensive line help, like getting Doug Peterson. There's some simple things that are happening for a guy that's coming into his second year that you needed to see happen. I like what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. And I don't, maybe he doesn't have the upside this season of a Trey Lance, but there's going to be a point where we're talking about Trevor Lawrence as a locked in top 10 quarterback. Yeah, he's going to fall into that same sort of range where like this year we have like Matthew Stafford and, and Tom Brady. Where it's like QB eight ish, like that's exactly where he should fall. And um, I mean, he does he does rush the ball a little bit. He didn't really uh, last year, but he will he will rush the ball. Uh, he oh seventy three attempts for three hundred thirty four yards. I was looking at the wrong line. So he rushed the ball a good amount last year. So I think that will give him a little bit extra upside. I think you know um, he doesn't have the rushing in him to be like a, like a, a Kyler or a Lamar Jackson or right. like Jalen Hurts type thing, but he's going to be one of those guys where, you know, the difference between him being five and 10 is just going to be how many touchdowns he throws. And, uh, they gave him the weapons around him. Like they gave him, Oh crap. My uh -oh. keyboard just fell out. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking they, of weapons. Yeah. Right. Uh, they, they, uh, they gave him the, uh, the stuff to succeed. Like if you look at his top targets from last year, like Marvin Jones had 120 targets. LaVisca Chenault had hundred. Laquan Treadwell had 50. Like that's not setting your team up for yeah. success. James yeah. Robinson, who doesn't catch the ball had four was fourth. 
And and now it's like uh, his fourth weapon is what? Say Jones? Say Jones, man, who's, got, who's not bad. He's not bad. He's a good downfield guy. And so it's like they're not only – they've got him set up at, at every area of the field. They got his, you know, his college running backs back, ETN. They've got Marvin Jones, who can do whatever you want him to do. He could probably be the possession guy. Evan Ingram can do possession stuff. Then you've got downfield guys with Kirk, um, who could be a mid-range guy too, and then Zay Jones, who could take the top off. And it's right. like, and they like you mentioned, offensive line help. Not having Urban Meyer there is going to be huge because nobody's going to kick anybody. And and Doug Peterson <laughs> has, I mean, Doug Peterson made Nick Foles Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Like we have to, uh, we have to understand that how good this man is at coaching up an offense. Wow. And so uh, he's got all the, all the stuff to succeed. And I, I agree. I think that this time next year, we're going to be talking about him as like a top, top eight quarterback. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, man. And the second year QBs, the good thing is most of them are exciting. They got a lot of upside and even though there's some floor with them, man, it should be exciting, man. Well, yeah. Jeff, bro, I appreciate you coming on, man. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. Uh, I record three podcasts a week during the regular season for Football Absurdity. Just search that on any podcast app. I do stream Start Sit on Sunday mornings on twitch.tv. Uh-oh, did I lose you? Uh-oh. Well, it looks like I might have lost Jeff, man. A little technical difficulties. Make sure you guys follow Jeff Crisco, all social media platforms. Check it out on Twitter. He's got all his information up there. And, man, we'll catch you on the next one. Justin Henry Show. It's been a blast. Have a good weekend.